Hey, Donnie. Hey, Jasper. How are you doing? Uh, doing good, though that hey inflection at the end for you almost sounded like a pickup line from Friends. <laughs> well, good for you. I never watched Friends, so whatever it, whatever it is, it's genuine. <laughs> I, I don't know if that means good for me or not. Uh, your your uh, your girlfriend's gonna have to hear about this one. <laughs> Guess you'll find out. But yeah, so uh, you just got back to Japan, right? Yes, I got back yesterday night. Had a very fun four-hour delay. So, yeah. Oh, what happened? But what uh, the delay? yeah, that's that's flying. What 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 caused the delay? Uh, no idea. At the end, they actually didn't tell us. Um, what ended up happening was that I was supposed to arrive at Haneda, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, apparently, initially it was good news. They told us that we'd be there half an hour early. And then once we got there, they said, actually, they're not letting us land. And they said to circle around for an hour and a half. But we don't have enough fuel for that. So we're going to Narita. Oh. So we went to Narita. And then they're like, so actually, we found out that uh, we can go. But in that time, we have to add some more fuel. And then we'll go back to Haneda. So then <laughs> that happened. And then we finally arrived. So, well, that, yes. <laughs> that sounds like the most... Uh the most logistically screwed up mistake i've ever heard yeah i don't i don't know yeah but, uh air canada yeah yeah so i don't i don't know if uh if this counts as defamation or not it definitely shouldn't because it's all factually true but also on my way going back home too for the for the holidays um I was supposed to connect on a flight that was like an hour, hour and a half afterwards, but they pushed me to a flight that was like four hours later because they said my luggage couldn't connect. But if that was the case, why would you sell that ticket like that in the first place? Yeah. Oh, well, well, I'm glad you got back. So, um, yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the news in Japan? Uh, the news in Japan is that people are wearing masks as they always do, but maybe there's like an additional five percent. Yeah. How about uh, how about in SF? Because of the coronavirus, right? Yep, that's it. Yeah. So, are you meeting up with anyone, your friends, or your, you know, at all, or are you just staying at home to uh, kind of self quarantine? Uh, I wouldn't really call it self quarantine. I mean, I think I'm pretty good on this. And, uh, you know, both of us are pretty, pretty young, you know, in which case, if we're looking at what information is already out there, we're not exactly the primary group. But I do think that brings us to a pretty interesting topic, right? Like, because I said most of us are pretty young, but that's also like, what do you define as young, right? If, If I were talking to my like high school year old self, I'd be calling myself an old man by now. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, both of us also have like friend groups who vary drastically across the ages, right? So how we're yeah. feeling about the virus is definitely not how they all might feel about it individually. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that, um, do you do you keep it, how how often do you keep in touch with the friends nowadays? The reason why I'm asking, <laughs> you know, the reason why I'm asking is because um, you know, recently because of the coronavirus, right? Like I started um <clears throat> seeing a lot more information both for my family chat group chat group as well as um uh you know on on social media about people just like you know checking in on each other making sure everybody is fine uh especially among the chinese circle so and and it just got me thinking 
there's a lot of people I, I, I talked to, I talked to quite a lot before, but, you know, now kind of just lost touch. Even if they just moved to San Francisco, which is only a 30 minute drive from where I am, um, still, you know, it's been a while, almost half a year, for example, for one of my friends who I met um, at Google and she left Google. And recently I just texted her and said, hey, how are you doing? And she, she told me a bunch of things like she's moving to New York. She got a new job. And it's like, wow, it's a, uh... oh, funny, funnily the same person. Uh, also started a newsletter. She was like, yeah. one of my New Year's resolution is to better keep in touch with people. So mm -hmm. uh, if you're receiving this email, that means that you're someone I admire or respect. And, uh, you know, click this link to sign up here to hear my major life events or whatever. Uh, and that just got me thinking, that, hmm, people do come up with, you know, various creative ways to keep in touch. So anyways, that's a long-winded <laughs> context for my question but what what how do you how do you keep 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 up with your friends no i mean first i gotta say i'm a little bit impressed because that was one hard of a transition but then you brought it back and it was <laughs> like oh okay like like all right it, it seems actually pretty smooth it, it is like one point to one point um for those who are so listening for... <laughs> hold on for those two who are listening you know by listening that we had a topic in mind we somehow just got into the coronavirus. So I tried very hard to twist the topic back to your friends to say, oh, coronavirus. But a more interesting topic is how you would keep in touch with your friends. Yeah, I mean, like, part of, the, part of the hassle of this, and this is already a tangent in and of itself, is, like, even going with, like, the flight, I'm just, like, I'm pretty sure this is not what we wanted to talk about, but you're asking more details. So what can I say here? <laughs> but going going back to what you were saying, Ben, um, I think that's an interesting one. And it's one of those things where it's like that kind of case has already been solved, right? Like, isn't the whole point of having that newsletter basically your Facebook feed? Like, and, and if Facebook had the trust or if there was some more additional privacy options or, for example, just like Snapchat, for example, right? It's almost like it's a mix between here where, where they wanted it to be more private, but at the same time, less ephemeral. And, and that's right. already going maybe a little bit too deep. Um, I should just draw it back and say, like, I'm probably almost one of the worst people you can ask for this because I am horrible, horrible of keeping in touch with people. Um, I have, you know, friends group from, I mean, all of us have friends group from different stages of our life, right? So right. Like, there's like junior high, high school, college, and then like, you know, your first, first workplace, second, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, for example, for me, like every time I go back to New York, which is usually maybe only once or twice a year, like mm -hmm. a week or two or maybe a month beforehand, I'll be like, yo, I'm coming back. Let's hang out. And that's the, and the only time outside of the actual time that we meet when I'm back in the States or back in that you know side of the States that, that I'll see them and like talk to them for like, I don't know, an hour or something. But otherwise, it's just complete radio silence. So right. Right. Um, it's kind of odd. I mean, I do also have something else where like, you know, there's there's certain people I keep keep in touch with, but that's because there's you know um there's other things that tie us together, right? Not necessarily like oh like yes, they're still friends, but they're friends in like the same industry or or through another thing that I'm still currently working on. So not only is there something like day to day or maybe week to week that we're keeping in touch with, but otherwise it's just you know we're we're like picking each other's brains a lot more, right? Kind of like what me and you do. Um, but for just plain, you know, 
let's say like a friend from high school where we're in completely different feuds or something i would say like there there is almost no keeping in touch outside of a once a year thing what about yourself yeah i i find it interesting you say that because i i always thought that facebook was more of a it's less of a way to keep in touch with people more just a way of keeping tabs keeping tabs of people i i found it because 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 you know you you see other people's updates. It's not like you reciprocate, and it's not like other people's updates are personal, personally delivered to you, right? Because when you when you catch up with a friend uh, over dinner or something, you you talk about things that you both know, right? You talk about things that you both have context of. You don't just you don't just blast out some like generic update. So I thought that you know Facebook has always been for me, um, at least when I was using using Facebook more often. Um, it was more of a way of kind of keeping tap, keep, like, like kind of keep tabs on people. You know, I, I just it's like I wonder what this guy's doing. You know, like I don't care if he knows what I'm doing, but I wonder what this guy's doing. You know, um, and that's also why I feel like most most relationships, even though I know what what happens in their life through social media, I don't feel any closer to them. In fact, I feel more so. I feel more distance because you're kind of like watching a movie character without any interaction with them, right? You just, it kind of just, that movie character just goes on with their life. And it's almost like, you know, when they write an update, they don't have you in mind, right? They, they have everybody in mind, whoever they had in mind. And it almost seems like they aren't talking to you. So for me personally, I, I would much prefer even just direct texting. I think that direct um, relationship, the direct interaction is, is something that I, 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 I find more, nurturing and uh, that's also the reason why i brought up the newsletter bit uh, which is it's you know what she's doing is basically using kind of email as a way of you know blasting facebook update right but if because she is asking me to sign up for her newsletter there's already a little bit of an impersonal aspect to that right like it, it kind of sounds almost a little bit oxy, oxy, a little bit of an oxymoron to me that she sends this generic email. It's not a customer. It's not like an email specific sent to me. It's like obviously I'm in the BCC, BB, BB, BBC, right? Um, sorry, BCC, right? <laughs> obviously I'm in the BCC, and the email is about oh, you know, you're someone I respect, admire, but. I don't have enough time to like catch up with you and hear about what you have to say. Here's my email address. Just hear about what I have to say. Right. Like that bit kind of comes off as like, you know, do you really want to keep in touch or do you just want other people to know what's happening in your life? So you're almost saying like, is that newsletter, even though you're taking it as, or it's almost being like marketed, obviously not market market, but like it's being positioned as this kind of like, Oh, I respect and admire you. So here it is. I want to remain close, but you're still saying it's kind of, you're feeling like maybe essentially it's still just a broadcast. Right. Right. And I think that's interesting because at the end of the day, I feel like you're almost, I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong, but I think it's almost like leading too much on one side of the equation because at the end of the day, communication is two ways. Right. So it's like, yes, yeah. it's broadcasting, but then because, you know, then you got to receive it. And yes, um, obviously, like the direct text to text is the best way, but nobody has time for that. Right. Like the whole point of doing these newsletters and broadcasting is so that you could just kind of like push it once and it goes through everyone. And 
because if you were to message everyone and try to have that active conversation with everyone every day, you would have time for nothing else, right? And um, especially that bit you said about Facebook, I thought that was a super consumer point of view where, where I mean, it's true with the Pareto principle, right? Like 80% of people, of your users are content consumers and 20% are probably much, much less or definitely much, much less are the actual content creators. So because of that, you're very right. You know, Facebook is for most people a way just to keep track of people rather than broadcasting. Um, but, and, and so I definitely agree with that. But I think another part of that is because at the end of the day, Facebook is a little bit like how early Twitter was. Do you know what I mean? Where I remember I have a cousin who in the early stages of Twitter, he would just put like, I'm in the bathroom and that'd be a tweet, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no one needs to know that. No one wants to know that, but like, it's the bite-sized piece of information. And for most of that, which is what Facebook has, it's like Facebook has the next level where it's a little bit higher up, right? So you'll see like maybe wedding photos or something like that, but you're still seeing it in bite size versus these newsletters, they're they're long form format, right? So I'm wondering if the distance that you feel is because you're seeing it in bite size and many people. But if if Facebook was instead like, I have also those friends, and I'm sure you have those too, who their Facebook post is like three pages, right? Just all text. And it's like, I did this, I did that, I traveled this, this is my thinking towards that. And like, right. if you saw only that on Facebook, I think you would feel like it's, it is the same as a newsletter, right? Maybe the only difference is that you don't feel that special one-on-one connection because it's like you're actively or passively subscribed to it rather than sending it into your email, which is much more personal. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I mean I agree with everything said, but I I do think that my larger point is that whether it's newsletter or Facebook, in it it's a, I think it just doesn't. It's not a two way communication. I think you would also agree with that, right? Whether it's email newsletters or Facebook, it's never an actual one on one interaction and and strengthening of the relationship. As you know, as much as Texas, well, as much as um, video chat or even you know in person meetup is, I do want to argue though that you know you said that you know maybe you don't have time for everybody in your life. You know you just end up doing nothing but uh, nothing every day because you just spend too much time keeping up with everyone. That that's that's a point that I've always kind of argued with people about. Well, not really argue, but just like you know everybody has this view that you should have as many friends as possible and have all these peripheral peripheral friends. But my my view, you know, you know this, but my, my view has always been that I'd rather have a few really, really close friends that really make me happy about, uh, you know, having these people as friends. And then I can share a lot about that I'm willing to have hours of chat with that person, right? Sounds like an excuse then, to not have friends, Donnie. <laughs> just, obviously just hear a me joke. Out. Obviously a joke. Just, just hear me out. Hear me out. You know, like <laughs> having these super few friends, but super close friends that really cut deep into your life, right? That that knows all the things that's going on. That you know, the way I describe it is that I want to have a few friends who I can, you know, I, I don't I don't want to just have many many dozens of friends that I you know, superficially keep in touch with, right? That I, that I, when I have something that's actually troubling my life that I can't go to, you know, who, who, who I can't go to. I'd rather have a few, few friends who are, um, you know, who have a long-term and deep relationship and mutual understanding of each other, um, whom I can go to when I have, when I want to cry about something, you know? 
And, and I feel like, you know, it's not to say that, you know, outside of these few friends, I will not have any other friends, right? Like, that's not, that's, it's not so necessary. But I feel like a lot of people don't invest enough in a few really good friends. So they end up seeking that validation. They end up seeking that support from their larger circle of friends, which inherently are, you know, in, inefficient to keep up with, right? You can't keep up with that many people. And, and they sort of seek that emotional support from, uh, from like a large circle, like, you know, maybe on Facebook, um, you know, blogging about their life a lot, hoping to get people to kind of understand more, or I think, you know, goes the other way, which is relying too much on one person, whether it's like wife, husband, or somebody for all of their emotional support, right, which is also unhealthy. So my, I guess, you know, coming back around, I think my point is that um, I think there is, there is a need for tools like Facebook and newsletter, but I just don't feel that they should be used to substitute personal connections that are, you know, nurturing, that are uh, mutually beneficial and that are just, you know, it, you know, that emotional support that you, you can't get through any other means or investment, you know? I mean, there's definitely a point and there's no disagreement about nothing being able to replace one-to-one or face-to-face. But I do think that humans are incredibly diverse creatures, right? And so what you said about people who try to validate themselves with having a giant social group or even the very opposite of having just one or two people who they dumped everything on, right? Of course, there's definitely those types of people. But it also depends on just what kind of person you are. So, for example, you mentioned that you believe in a very tight, close-knit group. And at a certain point, I also agree with that, right? You don't, you know, if you want to really have a private conversation, you're not going to broadcast it to everyone. It's always the whole point of privacy is that few people know it, right? right? And on the other hand, though, for myself, I also see that I feel like I have many different versions of me. And also in hand with what you mentioned about not having, you know, one or two people only. Well, for my one perspective is like, I'm a gamer, but you're not a gamer. And I, I still want to have friends who game and who I can talk about gaming. Right. But versus you have tech and I have tech and we have, you know, our, our product history, uh, product manager kind of experiences. And we did the startup and just friends in general. Right. There's also that aspect, but it's kind of, instead of being like a huge social group to validate ourselves, it's kind of having one group or one person to meet each of those different aspects of ourselves that another person can't fulfill yeah right. no I, I definitely agree that there are groups of friends in your, in your life that that you know you engage on on one subject or through one activity more often than other and that's fine right i mean you know it's kind of like our, our work friends are that way right with them under the context of work or if you have you know if you play tennis you have a lot of friends from tennis but you know outside of tennis you may have a very awkward time with them because it's not you know you don't have that context to work within i i think that's fine i think that's where i think that's easiest friendships are made when a context has been established for you right where you have a lot of common topics and you have a lot of cues and triggers and a lot of these um conversation starters that's being kind of set for you but i i still think that you know outside of those um people in general will benefit from having a general friendship, you know, or a few general friendship that that's really deep. And um, I, 
I wonder, you know, like in a way that those are the friendships that's hard to keep up with, right? You know, we're talking about how you manage uh, your relationships. Whereas, you know, whether it's the, you know, single, you know, we'll call it the single purpose sort of, you know, friends. And that's sounds kind of weird, but, you know, like single activity or like friends you make under single context, like work friends, tennis friends. Um, right. It's almost like contextual friends versus just life. General. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, and, and I feel like contextual friends or the more peripheral, like third degree or like, you know, uh, more superficial friends who basically just go out and like do something even through other friends or whatever. Right. But like, I feel like those people are easy to keep in touch with because you don't know a lot about their life. They don't know a lot about your life. You two don't necessarily have time to or interest to to invest in each other's lives. Right. So you kind of just keep up with each other through, you know, social media, through uh, you know, simple texting or whatever, like, you know, just saying hello when you're at the same party and you see each other, right? Um, but the few friends that, that, that you know, the really deep ones, um, they're the ones you need to spend a lot of time on, right? Because you, you, you two are in, in a very different situation together. The relationship, the nature of the relationship is very different. So I, I think there is time. That's, I guess the whole argument I'm saying is I think there is time. I think you know, if you do prioritize relationships in general, it's not necessarily friendships. If you do prioritize relationships in general, whether it's family or friends, um, it doesn't take that much to keep up with the few friends who are, you know, your general lifeline, life, lifetime friends, right? Whereas the rest of them are like, you know, it, it's easy to keep in touch with them. Just spend five minutes reading social updates and you're, you're good. But I don't think that satisfies the same thing, right? And so here we, we have a couple of balls rolling now. One is, you know, that maybe it is possible to have and keep those connections because you're saying the ones that kind of the contextual ones are the easy ones, right? Those are kind of, quote, unquote, to use the words we, I think, have used in every single episode so far, is that those are the ones that scale because you can do it super simply, right? Um, right. For example, my parents were talking about over Chinese New Year, they get, they're get they getting like hundreds of pings all from random, well, not random, but like friends and family who maybe they haven't even seen in a long time just saying happy Chinese New Year, right? right. And yeah. that's that's about all you have to do. You just like mass ping that to everybody. Um, and then uh, on the other hand, it's that, well, for for the ones that you do want to maintain it, you have to put in that time, but it's it's not it's not bad. It's not hard to because there should only be a few. But I think, right. I mean, once again, that goes per person, right? So like a few is a different number for me and for you. Um, and in addition to that, I mean, in that case, I have a question to ask you, where is that a lot of people, myself included, find it even hard to, you know, have that consistent schedule to speak with our own family. Right. And mm. so I wouldn't say that it's because we don't have time to. It's because, like, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of time where we like watch Netflix or something like that. So saying that we don't have time for most people, I think, is a huge excuse. Right. So I'm perfectly aware of that myself. And then instead, you know, maybe that time is spent like randomly chatting with one person, one off, or like, I don't know browsing social media or something like that and so right. it's sort of satisfying i think what you're describing to as a deeper need with that scalable need do you do you think the same thing do you do you think that's actually a thing a pattern that you're seeing as well or am i just completely mm -hmm. off the rocker here 
I see that pattern. I I think that's true for a lot of people. I just don't know. I just don't know whether that actually satisfies the need or it's like eating sugar for nutrients. You know, I think there's fundamentally. I think fundamentally, keeping in touch the not fashion is not going to be as nurturing because you just it's it's how it's how our brains are wired. We 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 do we don't build deep relationships that way. It's not naturally right. We don't build deep relationships that way. We need a lot of details,、um, you know, all of that、uh, body language, all of that gesture, and all of that, you know, the the touch, right? You know, when we like, you know, I don't know, smack each other on the shoulder or whatever, like all all that all that interaction, you know, whether it's physical or verbal or even just you know gestural, I a lot of those、um, they add up. To your understanding of a person, and I just think that physical proximity, or at least、um, that investment, the time, like we we when we spend a lot of time on something, we it has to be important, right? We, there's no way our, our we we can justify spending so much time on something when it's not important. It's kind of like that that psychology,、uh, that psychological experiment,、uh, not experiment, that that、um, explanation on why、um, we ask someone for a favor. Uh, you know, you you kind of you you basically if that you basically force that person to kind of convince themselves to like you because we don't want to do someone a favor unless we like that person. So to be logically consistent within our brain, we convince us we subconsciously convince ourselves just so that the the idea that the idea is consistent that we like this person. Therefore, I'm doing this person a favor, and I feel like it's the same with time. You know. Sometimes you know we we spend time with friends who are, who are closest to. We're not necessarily doing anything. We maybe we're just you know both scrolling, you know, watching stuff on our phone, or we're both reading a book. Right? We're not necessarily interacting with each other, but just by spending that time together, that deepens the relationship. I I'm not exactly sure how, but I I do feel my personal opinion is I do feel that that is that's not replaceable by the scalable approach.、Um, And I, I mean, that's also I think why a lot of people today are very lonely. You know, I mean, we we see that from the studies and surveys online that people are more lonely、um, than ever. So that's interesting because I haven't thought about it that way before. I mean, both of us have read what what's the what's the book called again? How to How to Win、uh, Friends and Influence People. Oh, I was gonna, I, I yeah, okay, because I was thinking like how to win influence and like wait, then what's the friend part come? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I've I've never thought about it in terms of like it goes both ways then right so like the book kind of phrases it as almost like an inter- external part where you're externalizing the asking for the favor from the person you want to think that you're close with but actually subconsciously when we're spending time with the other person we we're now on that side right we're on the other side the the part where no one's asking the favor really or maybe we're asking the favor and we're paying it and so are they paying it. Right, both of us are paying that payment in terms of time,、right. and so both of us are like, well, you know, I, I mean, there's going to be like occasions、cycle. where, yeah, exactly, and maybe that's just one of the reasons why, you know, one of the biggest parts of bonding experiences is eating, right, 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 because I mean, on one side, it's, it's, you know, eating is a very social, communal thing, right? You, you find out about each other's taste. You're sort of seeing each other in a state that you. For ninety percent of the day, you're not seeing them in,、right. um, but also it just manages to blend in perfectly, almost like efficiency, where like you ha- you're doing something you have to do, but at the same time you're spending time with each other, right? right? 
Yeah. Um, and that makes me think of one thing. It's more like uh, there's a there's some stuff going around saying that one of the big reasons why you know these are people who are kind of like doomsday sayers, but I agree to a certain extent that a lot of cultural patterns are breaking because we're now losing these old school traditional cultural rituals, right? And yeah. these rituals are basically, you know, the thing about rituals is like they usually serve no other purpose other than one, to set some sort of actual pattern and two, to make people, and if there's a set pattern, then people can bond with each other on that pattern because they're all following it, right? Right. And so this ritual is, the thing is, it usually makes no sense absolutely in terms of just pure logic on an individual basis. But once you do it together, and especially if this ritual is just like, it could just be a phone call, right? Like you call your grandparents every Sunday or something like that. Like you do that, Mm -hmm. that's what you do. And that's the thing that puts you together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the idea of, of like rituals, rituals, ceremonies that they themselves don't, they don't, they don't do anything. But when you put two people together performing an act together, that's where the meaning comes from, right? And and I I I would have to say that you know when it comes to keeping keeping in touch with friends, um, I definitely could use more peripheral friends, you know, keeping in touch uh, in terms of hearing what they've been doing. But it's 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 really hard going beyond your you know your the few friends that you you spend a lot of time with. I I do have to say though, I think uh, a lot of people have been asking, you know. I, this is a question that has been explored um, by many, many much more eloquent and more more uh, people have way more expertise in, in this, um, you know, so, sociologists in terms of what social media is doing to our society and how that changes our personal relationship. I, I feel I I don't so a lot of people so I think a lot of people online will say that oh you know people are becoming a lot less personal they don't know how to socialize anymore. Right, you know, people are becoming lonelier, which I think to some extent is true. Uh, with any, you know, I think with any t- new technology, right, you you are going to have this pendulum effect where uh, people are gonna essentially misuse the technology, and you know, later they're going to learn how to how to use it in in moderation or how to use it properly. Um, I think we're at the point where you know, including all the stuff that's happening recently with all the social media being now, you know, the public enemy in terms of both from a privacy as well as, you know, oh, you know, the sucker of time. Like the narrative, the public narrative on what social media does to us has come from, has completely changed from what it was 10 years ago, which was, oh, wow, like Facebook connects us to even more people. It helps us make more friends. It helps us get closer, right? It helps us get in t- keep in touch with people. To this thing now, it just becomes this, this machine that, you know, steals our data and like exploits our attention, right? And and put and essentially puts distance between us. I, I think the narrative has flipped over. And that's why I think, you know, like you said, the old school traditional way of keeping in touch with people, I personally believe that that will not change in terms of how, like how you actually get a nurturing relationship. But I do think how people get there would change because of social media. You know, and, and what I mean by that is, for example, uh, in, in, you know, let's say in the old days, uh, you know, we, you know, when I was 10, let's say, right, when I was a kid, the way you make friends is by being introduced to other friends or being forced together, right? Maybe your, your parents are at a different, at, at their friend's house and you, you, you kind of interact with their kids. 
or you go downstairs to the courtyard and you know in your apartment complex and you see other kids playing and you kind of just want to join them right or you know it's it's very organic and you really have to put yourself out there and be vulnerable you know be ready to be ridiculed uh bullied be you know you want to be ready to stand up for yourself you gotta yeah it's all that right and i think a lot of people may maybe i don't know i'm not a you know i'm not i'm not a parent i'm not a teacher man your parents had some pretty well your parents' friends had some pretty rough kids but no i i mean not me i i didn't get that i'm just saying in terms of you know what do you have to be prepared out there <laughs> but i i uh i i but you know i don't know what kids are doing nowadays but i do hear from just you know all these you know, journalism that kids nowadays are obviously spending way more time on screens right so are they connecting in a different way or are they you know are they just using technology as sort of the introduction point and then and then at, at some point they gotta you know build that deep relationship in person I don't know. That's actually very interesting. Like how I think I think technology definitely has changed how we meet friends and how we keep in touch with friends. But has it changed how deep nurturing relationships work? I I don't know. Right. Like today we're chatting across the globe. But if it were 20 years ago, we might have to, I don't know, write letters, you know, (laughs) or or make a, a, a really expensive phone call across the globe. What do you think? Hmm. I mean, I kind of, it's a weird mix point because I think it's really weird. And this applies to like technologies just in general, right? Or rather the internet where basically I think we've hit technologies that scale much more than we are capable of handling. And so we're, trying to either find a somewhat of a mixture that's going to be disbalanced between you know biologically we're we're we have finite resources in terms of time and attention and energy but in terms of actual capability we have everything right, right? and this is kind of like going back to what we were talking about in the last episode of learning but applying to just sort of social investment um in terms of relationships and we are so overwhelmed now that, as you said, it's the sugar, right? So it's like, are we getting high off the sugar and not being able to make the base? Or we, or is it just that the base has become this new thing and that maybe those of us who were born in that hybrid era like me and you or even before it just don't realize it and are scoffing at it, right? That's very possible. Right. Um, that we're just even wired too differently to even understand it properly and we're just making light of it. Right. And, and you um, do hear that, uh, just, just to kind of give you an example, like I, I do hear that, you know, the, the way that kids use social media are extremely nuanced, right? And, you know, the way that, like, exactly what, you know, how you interact with someone, like your response delay, what kind of emojis to use, uh, all the slangs and, and even different tools, like what does it mean when you use Snapchat versus iMessage versus something else, like they all, they all convey different sense of, you know, closeness, right. Or, uh, you know, how, how close, maybe, maybe I'm just making things up because obviously I'm not a kid and I'm way too old, uh, to, to, to relate to one. And, you know, what if, you know, maybe, you know, iMessage is the more close one, right. You keep your friends there, or, or maybe it's the one where you have all the groups on there, or maybe Snapchat is where you, or I don't know, I don't know if, if that's where you keep your close friends. Maybe there are different ways now where, you know, versus our way, which is, you know, 
keep in touch or you know with close friends and so on and so forth right i mean like so that's that's exactly it and i think at the end of the day we can only speak for ourselves right? right um and for ourselves or at least for myself and what it sounds like for you too is that for us we're still getting a lot more um outcome and benefits from when we do these things that you know as we say that don't scale right but for everyone else who knows yeah yeah well actually i just realized that you still never answer my question how you keep up with your friends <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, i think my answer was a long way of saying i don't but i should <laughs> all right then well that uh that's probably uh all the time we have for this episode um so well for those who are listening if you have any ideas or anything to share anything you agree disagree obviously please let us know and then uh we'll always be happy to listen to what you have to say yeah um thanks for listening and uh yeah. see you next time Donnie. yeah bye <laughs>